Hi, I'm Tim Ferguson. Welcome to Made Possible, five stories of Australians inspiring change for people with disabilities and our communities. I've lived the last 30-odd years with MS, multiple sclerosis. Why multiple sclerosis? Well, I thought, why stop at one? So I know how important it is to recognise strength in disability and to raise the expectations of our communities. Over the next five episodes, you'll meet a Special Olympic silver medalist, a musician, a gorilla tree planter, a comic book writer and graphic artist, and to kick things off, a first-class honours sociology and gender studies graduate, a dancer, actor and playwright, are you feeling lazy yet? Emily Dash spends a lot of time at home with her dog, Bailey. Bailey's not exactly a fan of cameras and microphones. Bailey is... Nearly six years old now, and I've had her since she was six weeks. So we're very well bonded. Home is where Emily writes. It started with uni assignments. Emily was awarded first-class honours in sociology and gender studies. I'm always doing different things. It keeps me on my toes, and variety is a spice of life type thing. Um, so I graduated from Sydney Uni in 2013 with a Bachelor of Arts, but I didn't then go and pursue anything that was directly related to my education, but I feel like an arts degree in things like sociology and gender studies just sort of serves to broaden your perspective, and so... It certainly does impact what I do on a daily basis. Actually, I was planning to return to uni after my graduation. I had offers to do various things, but I don't know if you know anything about doing an honours <laughs> thesis, but it sort of ruined your social life. So I decided that I was going to take a year off. And in that year off, I had a list of the things that I wanted to do. It was a way I kept myself motivated. And on that list was to get more involved in the arts because I'd always been creative, I'd always been a writer, but I'd never sort of pursued it in any real way after school. And I was sort of missing that. So Emily drew up a list, and at the top of that list was dance. It was about pushing myself out of my comfort zone and doing something that I didn't think I could do, and it paid off in more ways than I ever could have thought possible. Emily has CP, or cerebral palsy. She spends a lot of time in a wheelchair, it makes a lot of noise, and when she moves around, the engine whirs and clunks and buzzes, but even when she's just sitting still, her chair still makes itself heard. If you hear some creaking in the background, that's just my very old chair making itself known. I've had it for about seven years now, 
And when people hear that, they're like, wow, you really need to get a new chair. It also means that when she goes out, she attracts unwanted attention. Every time I go down the street, there's someone who might say something very well-meaning, but, you know, I've been congratulated for getting out of bed in the morning. Like, it does get tiring, and I know that different people have different levels of tolerance for that stuff and, and different ways of dealing with it. I mean, I try to be courteous and educate people, but it depends on the day. If you're dealing with that a hundred times a day, it's, you get a bit over it. So Emily was looking to challenge herself after uni and to become more creative. And top of the list was a dance class. And she found one that catered for people with disabilities, but she came up against a bit of opposition and found out she also had to challenge her mum's expectations. I love telling this story and I hate telling this story because it paints my mum in a really bad light. And I don't want to do that. So I'll say that my mum's my biggest supporter, but... When she found out I'd signed up for dance class, I would hasten to say she's more than a little hesitant. She told me, and I quote, that I had strengths in other areas, that I should focus on those. Now, Tim, I have no idea what she meant, but I'm glad I didn't listen to her because... Through going to that one-off dance class, I then was given an opportunity to join a theatre company which kick-started my artistic career and led me to where I am today. And so do you think it helped? Your mum saying she thought maybe there were other areas you could be exploring. Did that give you a bit of a, wait a I'll show you. I think so, because I'm a bit of a person that if you tell me not to do something, I'm more likely to want to do it. So in that way for me, I think it was a bit of a motivation, but also I was just all about opening up my comfort zone. And I think it's really important for that to happen with people with disabilities in general, because I think that society's expectations of people with disabilities are generally far too low and that can have a whole range of issues for people if that doesn't get changed. So that's something that people really need to keep in mind. Graham Innes calls it the... Tyranny of low expectations. The tyranny of low expectations. And... That uh, when I heard that expression, I thought, that's what it is. I mean, people are nice, people are very supportive, and this is great, but they're not expecting much. And so whenever we deliver things, for example, like your first-class honours, they're not quite sure what to say. Look, that's why whenever I meet someone who might be a little bit patronising, one of the first things I do, or even when I'm starting off a motivational speech, One of the first things I do is find a way to drop into the conversation at some point that 
I have a first class honours degree because that changes people's perceptions. You know, you see the penny drop. You see sort of the shock of the unexpected. Then people start looking at you with a bit of respect and bingo, you've changed someone's mind. And that in itself is problematic because my education shouldn't be the thing that gets people to take me seriously, but, you know, in this world, whatever helps, right? Well, yeah, nothing like a credential to hang on the wall just to redefine the status of everybody as being equal. Emily's an actress, a dancer, a playwright and a filmmaker. She's performed at the Sydney Opera House a number of times and she's a founding member of an integrated theatre company called Midnight Feast who helped to change the conversation about inclusion on the stage. So I don't dance so much anymore. I'm an actor in theatre. So I have a theatre company called Midnight Feast, which is what we call an integrated theatre company. So it has artists with and without disabilities in it. And we work to produce high-level training and performance opportunities for those living with significant disabilities, whether that be physical, intellectual, emotional, whatever barriers people might face. And so we perform at the Opera House. Emily's a resident artist for the Pact Centre for Emerging Artists and is currently working on a show called Freefall. It's the first show I've written by myself. I've written in teams before, but this is the first theatre show I've written purely by myself. So it is an incredibly challenging but incredibly rewarding experience. And I've really used it as a way to explore issues that are really important to me and issues that I feel deserve to be represented on Australian stage. Here's the big question. How difficult is it for artists with a disability to be listened to and then to get stuff done? Without wanting to sound as though I'm being negative, it's very difficult in this industry for artists with disability to get things done. There are various you know, attitudinal and logistical barriers that we have to contend with. But I'm happy to say that slowly, slowly, some very wonderful artists are making headway and hopefully changing and directing the conversation about what we see on our stages and screens so that it more accurately reflects the diverse society in which we live. I mean, I guess the thing is that people look at people with disabilities. I've got MS, you've got CP, and there is, you know, a genuine heartfelt concern that somehow will break. And it doesn't matter what's on your CV. And just look, we've heard some of the stuff that you've been doing. It's a huge amount to ask of anybody 
So it seems strange when, you know, my colleagues are asked when we go and try to pitch a new project, well, that's all very well, but, you know, what's Tim's stamina like? And, you know, they've got to say, he just did a world tour twice. What more do you want from this guy? He's just sitting down. Yeah, it's the yeah. same thing. It's like Emily's just sitting down. It's, it's not really all that difficult. That's something that often occurs to me too, actually, because I, I get this stamina question quite a lot. And, yeah, the difference between you and I and any able-bodied person is only that we're sitting there. Like, that is legitimately the only major difference. And I think what's really important, if we could go back to the stamina question, is that people know their own limitations. You know what you need. I know what I need. We know what we're capable of on any given day. And I think that it's important to listen to people about what they need and what what they can do because we are the experts in our own lives. With the Midnight Feast um, Theatre Company, what kind of uh, benefits do you think just being involved in it have brought to the other members of the company? One of the reasons I'm really passionate about making the arts more inclusive for people with disabilities and also providing professional opportunities is that I've seen major physical and mental health benefits for myself but also for other people as well. The arts is a really empowering and innovative way to support people to have their voices heard, to make people with disabilities more visible, Speaking for myself, it's had an extraordinary effect on me, both personally and professionally. So you have cerebral palsy. I do. Um, For somebody who doesn't know what it is or how it affects people, tell us about your own experience of CP. So it's hard because, as you say, cerebral palsy is a spectrum of conditions. So... I think it's important to note that CP affects people differently. But for me, I'm a full-time wheelchair user, so I don't walk. You know, cerebral palsy is a neuromuscular condition. So basically, I like to say that my body just doesn't really do what I tell it to do. And... That's all right, though. We just we just get along and we, we deal with life the way that is. Um, of all the areas in the arts that you want to explore, why playwriting is your ultimate? So I was a writer before I ever was a performer. So I think that's always going to be my first port of call because it's part of me. It's always been part of me. Why playwriting specifically? Because I love the theatre. I think that theatre being a live performance is a very unique mode of storytelling. I think that some beautiful writing and some beautiful stories can be put on stage and I want to be a part of it. 
that's why I want to be a playwright. There is a magic that theatre can deliver that really nothing else can. That's exactly right. And it is that interaction, subtle or otherwise, between the audience and the performer. You do a lot of writing. What tool do you use to write? Is there uh, a new Macintosh gadget? What's going on? So I work on my MacBook computer. I've not been paid for this advertisement. And, yeah, so I only use one finger on each hand to type. So I'll just type with my two pointer fingers so I can be a bit slow but that's all right slow and steady wins the race tortoise and hare all of that Emily Dash you are awesome thank you I will see you around the stage on the stage behind the stage and and also probably on a movie set somewhere all right well you want to know what my life motto is Life is like eating an ice cream. Often difficult, sometimes messy, but always enjoyable if you can find the sweetness in it. That's beautiful. Um, I like pistachio ice cream, your favourite? I'm a good old vanilla person. I never would have seen that coming. Emily Dash, playwright, actor, keeping vanilla ice cream viable. Want more Made Possible? Well, all five episodes are available right now on your favourite podcast app. So please rate, review, subscribe and share these incredible voices. Thanks to producers Sarah Marshman and Martin Peralta. Theme music was written by the amazing Jess Maloney and Matt Malardi. I've been your host, Tim Ferguson. Yes, that Tim Ferguson, not that other one. Nobody knows who he is. Made Possible is an eardrum production for Uniting, delivering the NDIS in your community. For more information about the NDIS, visit ndis.gov.au or give those lovely people a call on 1800 800 110.